Welcome to the most must-listen-to Beep Baseball podcast in all of Beep Baseball podcasting history. This is the Heat Index by Tim Cyphers, brought to you by the Bayou City Heat. And from the bottom of my heart, from the bottom of my teammates' hearts, from the bottom of my Beep Baseball family's hearts, thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in to every single episode, learning about us learning about why this is so important to us, learning about the passion that we have and the stories that make us who we are. Thank you so freaking much. Now, for years I've wondered, when will I get my story on the record? For years I've wondered, is there an opportune time? Will there be an opportune time for Timmy, Tim freaking Cyphers, to get his story out there? And the answer, is yes, and that time is now. And I couldn't have thought of a better person to get his Larry King on and to interview the interviewer. Let the interviewer become the interviewee. Juan Carlos Munoz is going to interview Tim freaking Cyphers. And for all of you that are wondering, will I hold back? Will I tell the truth? Will I have fun? The answer to all of those questions are no, yes, and yes. I will not hold back. I will tell the truth, and I will have a whole hell of a lot of fun doing it. So for all of those who have come before me to be interviewed on the Heenan Next, thank you. For all of those who will come after me, thank you. To Juan, thank you. To our listeners, thank you. And just tune in. Strap yourselves in. Fasten your seatbelts, ease the seat back because Tim Cyphers is here on the Heat Index. And that interview starts next. If you can hear me from anywhere in the universe, Milky Way, Earth Realm, even the Upside Down, my name is Tim. S- actually, actually, no, it's not. And there's a reason for that. My name is Juan Munoz. I am the host for this particular episode of the Heat Index. And the reason for that is because we have a very special guest on this particular episode today. And his name is Tim Cyphers. Tim, how the heck are you, my friend? Well done. I'm terrific. And I'm smiling ear to ear because I couldn't have done that better myself, my man. How's your offseason going? <laughs> well, it is uh, great to be here and great to have you here. And I must say, first things first, this host chair is comfy as all heck man great job on this selection of the host chair and thanks for sending it my way i really i don't know if i'll be sending it back but uh thanks anyway for that <laughs> i'll tell you what i couldn't think of um a better person after our uh, conversation last year i just knew you were the right guy man and i appreciate you doing it 
Hey, man, uh, I, I appreciate the honor of being able to talk to you on this episode and uh, really be back on here because I really enjoyed myself last time. And I remember us ending it and me saying, hey, until the next one. Well, this is the next yes, one. Sir. So uh, let's let's go ahead and get into this, man. So how has your offseason been, sir? It has been uh, I'll tell you what. It's been amazing. It's been hectic. Um, it, it, but in like such a positive way, I got a new job. Um, awesome. You know, that's always a good thing. And, uh, I met a girl, man. I met a girl shortly after the world series and things are like, Hey now. Yeah. She's uh super supportive, <laughs> you know? Um, and, and we spend a lot of time together. She'll be coming next week, by the way. So you'll get to meet her. And, uh, all right. And at the time of this recording, I must say we are about a week away, less so from a couple exhibition games we'll be doing down in college station, Texas, uh, just a little bit north of my neck of the woods here in Houston, Texas. Uh, and we'll be definitely meeting up Tim. And now I know his girl. So breaking news there <laughs> on the heat index. That's Tim it. will be bringing his girl to College Station, Texas. I love you, Brittany. Uh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> there you go. Shout out. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> First one. First one uh, in the First <laughs> Hmm. Well, if we keep this up, I may have to cut you off at some point on the shout outs, but well, let's see what happens. All right. So, <laughs> so yeah. All right, man. Sounds like you've been pretty busy. Uh, a lot of us have been pretty busy as well. You know, at, you know, beat, ba- beat baseball is great, of course. Oh, and, one. and we all have, uh, yes, sir. There was one, uh, two other things actually. Uh Oh, uh Oh, go ahead. Well, I mean, uh, the Boston Red Sox may have won a world series. Oh, you did not just win. <laughs> and the New England Patriots may have won a sixth Super Bowl. I'm just saying, you know, this isn't breaking news, but it's been a hell of a winter. No, it's not. <laughs> you know what? But uh, yeah, Patriots, I'm fine with that. The the Rams shouldn't have been there. <laughs> um, my my opinion, the Saints got far too cute with the gimmicky plays and everything, and I think that more than anything really set them up to have to be in the situation they were in. But anyway, yeah, props to the Patriots and I guess props to the Red Sox as well. I mean, you know. You... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, you had to bring that up. But we anyway. got it out of the way. <laughs> so that's what's happening in Boston. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. So, uh, yeah, um, our conversation last year was pretty great. And, again, I'm glad that we get to do this one more time just uh, with, uh, you know, basically trading hats and this host chair, again, comfortable. So I uh, just want to say, man, uh, so last year at the World Series and we, the Bayou City Heat ended up surprising a lot of people and uh, taking second place out of uh, the 22 teams that were at the World Series in Wisconsin. Beautiful, beautiful Claire, Wisconsin, by the way. And uh, so how how was how was all that for you, sir? Uh, being on this team now for a little while, uh, how did it feel to actually get to the final, the championship game, and pushing it to the second game? I, I'd say that was the most gratifying part was being able to. So so to to back up a little bit, in this is my this was my second full year with the uh, with the Heat. Uh, the year prior was my last season in Boston, and we also played the Indy Thunder on Saturday. And we got waxed. We got Ooh. we got smoked, man. And that team is so youthful and and set up to be successful for such a long time that I'm not surprised we met them again now that I'm with the the Heat. Uh, right. But what was gratifying was winning that first game. And 
personally, I, I just it felt so good. I thought we had it, and this my hats. Here's where my hat goes off because um, we lo- I love our volunteers. When I when I interview, you know, and we'll touch on it. You know, my real feelings about it, but uh, pitchers and volunteers and spotters, they're all part of the team, man. They're they're one of their absolutely one of their players, Mr. Woodard there. He won that game for them, man. And I'm not sla- I'm not I'm not throwing shade at the players. What I'm saying is that guy adjusted. He uh oh, Mr. Yeah. Fleeks, you know, big dog Joe Fleeks was was down and out. I had to take his place. They picked on me, I felt. So do I feel like I let anyone down? No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is they picked on the right side of our defense, and that was not a that was not a, a coincidence. They that that pitcher, man, that kid knows what he's doing, and my hat's off to him. But it felt good to, to push them, and I think we're going to be right back there. We've we've made uh, we're 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 adjusting things as far as routine goes, uh, off season wise, and then you know we made uh, additions. Of course, yeah, and and you're definitely working on things where we can improve from last year to try and ensure that things like that don't happen again. Uh, but yeah, of course, uh, going out to, you know, props to, to Woodard for making the adjustments there as were necessary. And obviously he's been in that position a few times already. So that experience is invaluable in getting the Thunder where they're at. So, but anyway, uh, so yeah, man. So after that, uh, I, I was pretty proud of the work that we did myself. Um, I didn't get to get in there too much, but, uh, you know, that was my first year. I really enjoyed the experience myself. And now that I've got all that under my belt, I'll personally be looking to really make some strides, take some strides forward this year and do anything I can to help us get to where we need to get to, which is back into first place, because it's been far too long. Uh, Neither of us were there in 2002 when the Heat took the championship so I definitely want to create our own piece of history for us. I don't know like, about you. No, I mean, I am – dude, it's so fun <laughs> to be a part of something special. And I think that's what we're a part of right now. And we oh, yeah. do have a lot of veteran leadership. We've got a good mixture of youth to go along with it. Um, but everyone on the team next year will have had that taste of Saturday and even winning on Saturday. So what we need, what oh, we yeah. need to do is take care of business between Tuesday and Friday, so that we're not the ones on our heels. Maybe, maybe we got to make it so all we got to do is win one instead of two. Um, that would be ideal because uh, we were the only team to play ten games, and so if uh, if we can make that any easier on us, then I know that we'll all be looking to make that. Wait, is that happen. right? We were the only one. We were the only ones. Everyone else played nine or less. Wow. So we yeah, made it. So... We, took, we definitely took the hard. Uh, path then all right oh yeah and we almost succeeded (laughs) all right so i want to now back up a little bit uh, now that we've touched on uh the world series and how things have been going for us and what we're planning on doing i want to back up now and now we go to uh the land the world i believe i guess of uh cyphers and uh want to kind of talk a little bit about um you of course and Growing up, Cyphers, and want to get into a little bit of uh, how, like, what was your, I guess, childhood like? Uh, I guess, kind of take us through a little bit of your personal history and uh, coming up uh, in Massachusetts and just things you were into, uh, maybe things that happened along the way with you. And if you want to touch on uh, the uh, the blindness as well, we, we can get into that, the low vision. Sure. So, 
um, yeah, let's go ahead and get into a little bit of uh, growing up. Yeah, I like that. Uh, I hope well, we're going to need some time. It might take a few episodes, but um, we'll, we'll, I'll try to give you the cliff notes. Um, listen, let's growing up, I've never lived anywhere other than the Boston area, and uh, I love it. But it's not because of Boston. It's because of the family I was blessed with, man. And, uh, you know, I got two parents that have sacrificed more than anyone would have ever uh, expected them to. Um, because they're selfless. Um, I have a, a, a dad and a mom that, that just are second to none, man. And, and I'm so lucky. And I haven't always been the, I've been far from the easiest uh, child, whether as, or as, an, as an adult. Uh, I got a younger sister who I'm not always on the best terms with. Uh, that's a relationship I need to repair. However, she's younger than me. I look up to her, man. I look up to her uh, because age, not to be cliche, is just a number in this regard. She is, of course. she is so mature. She's accomplished. She's driven. And uh, that drives me to be a better, better Tim. Uh, so I'll tell you what, I mean, bo- uh, the Boston area is awesome. I mean, I've been lucky that since 2001, uh, being a sports fan has not been hard here. Uh, <laughs> yes, I can, I can only imagine right. that. And, and, um, I played, my first love was baseball. My first love was baseball and the Red Sox, which is weird because in the 90s, every team sucked. And Pedro Martinez came, that kind of changed the culture. And I was still, you know, eight, nine, 10 years old. And I was playing Little League and and, uh, he really, I I was in love with baseball, but he cemented my love for baseball. And that was my first love. And, right, and I played, you know, I played Little League, played Babe Ruth. And then I got to high school and I played a year plus. Now I only say, you know, it was only a year plus because as I got older, my priorities changed and we will certainly get into what that means. But, um, baseball academics, those things took a backseat to other things. And, uh, you know, it's, it's made me the person I am today and I'm damn proud of the person I am today. But, uh, if I could do things differently, I would. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not someone that's going to lie to you and say, oh, I wouldn't do anything differently. Hell no, man. I would do a lot differently, but it is what it is. God provides and uh, I am where I am. Blindness didn't happen until I was 21. I grew up fully sighted, 20, 30 vision, you know, Mm -hmm. and uh, one day, you know, I was living in a, my lifestyle was not great. Uh, I was was abusing alcohol and other substances and, uh, I, I just, I wasn't in the best part place in life. And all of a sudden I just wake up, right? Xbox or I'm, or I'm yep. reading my text messages. This is 2010, mind you. So texting is just becoming a big thing. One, I couldn't read my text messages and I thought mm. nothing of it. I, I didn't care. I, I, it's not that I didn't care. I shouldn't say that, but I, I had sort of a cavalier attitude towards it. I did not think it was a big deal i thought oh crap i just need glasses whatever or yeah or maybe my eyes are just tired or something like whatever that. right something something you'd never think like oh i'm going blind right um but each day one like it only took about two weeks for that cavalier attitude to turn into oh crap i'm scared because it was every day my uh right eye was getting worse and worse and then about two weeks into it my left eye started to go too yeah, man. And I'm uh, at this point, I'm I'm scared crapless, but I'm still not ready to do anything about it. Um, the only person I told was my mother 
because she would text me a lot. I'd say, mom, capitalize your, your texts. And that worked for another couple of weeks until it didn't. So long, long story short is that uh, nine weeks, man, nine or 10 weeks, I went from 2030 vision to where I'm at now, which is uh, far worse. Uh, without correction, <laughs> I, I'm 2,400 in my good eye. And with, I'm 2,200. Now, the, the scariest part was that I, we didn't know why. Right? Like, yeah. I, get, um, I get frustrated with the world. Right. Like I get frustrated with a lot of things about the world, blind or not. Like it's just that's just how I, I'm wired. One thing that frustrates me is like, get this, man. I couldn't confirm what I my ophthalmologist that had finally told me I'm legally blind had just gone to a symposium in Canada on this disease called Lieber's hereditary optic neuropathy. But you need a blood test to confirm it. My insurance, my health insurance, you know, I'm low income, right, at the time and still technically am. My health insurance would not pay for firm that I'm, I have something or, or I don't. That's frustrating, man. That's scary and it's frustrating. And um, it took two years before my little sister, uh, Caitlin, uh, she was at Suffolk University up here in Boston. She was, um, she was very concerned. She would talk to her student advisor at Suffolk about it. They put up the money for her to get a test. And because she had the gene, uh, we were able to confirm that I did too. So, oh wow. Man, it just, it, it hurt. It hurt a lot. It, um, it scared me. I still get choked up about it. I still get, um, it makes me mad, man. And, 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 and it's less sad now than, and more mad. Um, I've gotten to a point in life and again, we'll get to this, we'll get to my late twenties and, you know, things that have happened re more recently. But at the time, man, I was mad. I was really mad and I shut down and, um, how do you know, how do you, what I get to do now is, is listen to you guys and your stories and see how, how, um, how perseverant or how just, uh, how it's not a huge part of your life. It doesn't define you guys. I get to, I get to latch onto that. So. Uh, it's a large reason of why I do the heat index either. Yeah, and it's it's great to get the perspective from someone else because how it happened to you and how it happened to someone like myself is far different. There's a vast difference in in that because for you, I'm sure, and it's understandable. It was it must have been a shock because you had no experience, no prior experience right. with that, and uh, someone like myself who grew up with a little bit of sight. Of course, I was already in that realm of the blindness world, so to speak. So I had exposure to cane travel, to Braille, to large print, to closed circuit television, things sure. like that. Um, so that for me, for someone like myself, you could argue in a sense that it may have been a little easier. And then for someone like you, it just kind of happened out of nowhere. You just suddenly couldn't read your text. Uh, you had to ask people to capitalize. And that was for a couple of weeks, like you said. And so it, I'm sure for you, it, it probably helps just to get the perspective of someone else, someone who... The, you know, who grew up the way I did or who grew up the way someone else on the team right. did. And um, I'm sure that's got to be a little bit helpful for you. But yeah, being upset and, and angry and, uh, and mad about that is certainly understandable to a point. Of you course. know, and I'm smiling ear to ear because it's not, it's not, um, it's only been a few days since I told, I don't know how it came up, but it, it uh, folks like yourself um, often tell me it was probably harder for me 
And I smile because one, I just, I'm humbled by that. It's like, wow, thank you for that empathy. And two, it's, it's a little uncomfortable to hear because like, what do you mean? I still, you know, I still have, I still have <laughs> sight, you know, I, I have functional vision, but uh, right. it's, it's, you're far from the first person that said that. And it's, um, it's an interesting thing to hear and digest. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, there's a lot of layers to this, as you know, well, um, whether, whether I'm functional at, in, in some of my vision is irrelevant. We, we live in the same community. So I value your input and, and saying that to me, and I no longer dismiss it. So thank you. And hey, not a problem. And yeah, like uh, it's like the different levels of blindness, and there are quite a few. Uh, there are certainly, you can argue, I guess, in a sort of pros cons way of which one someone would rather have. Um, I can personally tell you that I'm fine having no sight in almost every case because I don't have, we can call it the distraction of having a little sight or even sight Jeez. at all, because it helps me just uh, kind of block out the noise in a yeah. sense, even though we're speaking yeah. visually, and just kind of focus on, on different tasks and not having to deal with, hey, I have no light here or things like that. If power goes off here where I'm at, I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, and um, I'm sure you can argue it's a little easier than, you know, someone like yourself who has a little sight where, and you still uh, depend on having the light source and things like that. Yo, um, that's, that's mind blowing. You know what I mean? To, to, uh, you just, you just empathize with the fact that I do live in an in-between world, you know, where, um, right. Yo, I'm going to cry in this at some point, but I'll try not to. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah, like I live in an in-between world. And so that to me many years ago when I was first going through this and it really it resonated with me. So, you know, there's some areas of my life where I'm too vision impaired to do something. And then there's other areas of my life where I'm, I'm not vision impaired enough. And that is tough. That is probably, and it, let, let me be clear, that's a, mostly a Tim thing, like that mindset. But the world, when, they're, when the world is confused by something, I notice that they kind of just prejudge, right? And right. that's just the society and the world we live in. And that's no one's fault. No one's a demon for doing that. But it took me uh, most of my 20s to get to my, the point where I can give the world the benefit of the doubt. And for the longest time, the fact that I was either too blind or not blind enough pissed me off. And it, and it was hard to deal with. And I'm so grateful for beat baseball and the community we're in because that's the largest reason for me having gotten to where I am now where I I am yeah. it is what it is for the most part I talked to someone like Tana I even talked to Tana like two months ago and I asked him questions about blindness all the time like I actually asked him I was like yo how's it being um how's it being a father blind and he you know what he said to me his response verbatim was I don't know I never thought of it like that and I'm mm. like Damn, like you know I mean? I'm asking him a question that he hasn't even thought of. <laughs> when all I'm thinking about is if I ever am lucky enough to have a kid, how am I going to be as a blind father? And and that question, that question, yeah. and his answer allowed me to say, "Man, I'm over. I'm overanalyzing this. I'm making it more than it is." So might just be overthinking it. Just yes, a little sir. Bit. Yeah, probably a lot. You know, it's fascinating that you mentioned earlier um, your feelings about being in an, in an in-between world. I actually have a really close friend of mine who actually shares the same sentiment as you, where he's kind of like that in the sense where he feels like he's two-sided for someone like myself and 
too blind for the ones who can see perfectly. Right. And he kind, of, he kind of shares those frustrations as well. Kind of feels like he's stuck in, like in limbo in, in the visual spectrum. And um, he's like, well, I don't know where I fit in. <laughs> and, and, you know, it's, um, you know, that's the type of people. So not to be a martyr, I'm not trying to be a martyr, but that's why I like, I like no, doing no. This, this heat index, right? Because people, some, maybe he hears this. Maybe you, maybe you turn him on to this episode and you, he hears like, where I'm at and you know because I the word you use was frustrations I have the frustrations still right but they don't dominate my everyday life and it took time and it took a lot of recovery and more more than one sense of the word um, but that's why I do this that's why I like you guys giving your story um, and putting it on the record because it helps people this is not being a martyr this is this is the real deal this thing and what we do for one another in all areas of our lives is just being there for each other. We, and, and that, that is something that um, means a lot to me. So if my struggles and my frustrations in my twenties can get me to help people in my thirties, hell yeah, man, it's, 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 it's totally worth it. Oh yeah. Yeah. We definitely want to use our experiences to either better ourselves and hopefully better others and just better the world in general, you know, not to be all cliche and everything, but we definitely try to, learn from experiences and mistakes and even from our successes and just take that and just develop ourselves into something better as we yes, get sir. older. hundred percent. Yeah. So I want to now shift our focus a little and get into a little bit of meat and potatoes here and want to just throw it right at you. Where did you first hear about beat baseball or actually even if we want to take it back, what were some of the first things that you heard of after, after vision loss? Like what were some of the first uh, things in the, in the low vision or blindness world that you heard about, uh, whether it be beatball or something? First, first sport adaptive, or I don't know if there's a league or anything, but the first thing I ever noticed or heard about was that there was um, a basketball that made audible uh, noises. And that piqued my interest. Uh, I was, let me, let me paint a quick picture for you. I was, miserable <laughs> I, was, I, was miserable, dude. I went from being this active kid who whatever my lifestyle was or wasn't i was still active uh, i'd play pickup games I'd, I'd throw a baseball around with my buddies i was always on the go i was a toothpick man i was in uh, wow. one year i went from when i lost my vision i was 140 pounds i i, I ballooned up to 240 in a year because i was so Ooh, wow. depressed and didn't think that anything was possible anymore i really didn't and i'll never forget uh i went to this place called the carroll center for the blind here in uh, newton mass and what that is is an ind independent living program i know you guys got them down there they're all over the place yeah um, of course i went begrudgingly <laughs> so, like, kicking and screaming much, or I mean, just... for a year and a half my my vocational rehab counselor was like you need to go you need to go you need to go um and i just kept saying no and uh finally they they wore me down enough to where I said, I'll try it out. And I went, uh, I'm glad I didn't go when they first asked me. In fact, I almost wish I waited a few more years because I would have, I would have gotten hmm. more out of it. But what I did get out of it was valuable because that's where I learned about beat baseball. Ah, so I was go. angry. Um, and it was evident because I didn't, I gave zero F's man. I didn't, I didn't care what they were trying to teach me. I, I just thought life was over. And my mobility instructor, uh, they were teaching me how to use a cane. People will be shocked, like in my, in my Boston circle, that I do have a cane. 
and it is used uh, in rare instances. So when I was being taught to use it, my mobility instructor just knew I was just like so angry. She, her name was Padma. She was. You weren't having I was any not, of it. And I was not receptive to it, but <clears throat> it, 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 it was just where I was at. I can't, can't do anything about it. But one day uh, we were sitting, it was about 8 a.m. Uh, waiting for our day to start. It was very structured. It was like school practically. And uh, she came up to me and she was like, she was kind of in a, in a, in a scurry. She's like, come here, come here, come here. There's someone I want you to meet. I said, all right, whatever. And uh, because playing baseball, at least in, uh, uh, well, I played baseball for a long time and I talked about it. Uh, she, she introduced me to someone named Joe Quintanilla and he is a uh, longtime renegade. And he, uh, he, in fact, was on my last episode of the Renegade Report. Cheap plug. I'll find the, I'll find the file somewhere. <laughs> but, uh, All right. <laughs> but, uh, he, was, um, he was there doing some business. Uh, what that business was, I don't know. But he said, hey, this is what we do. We'd love for you to just check it out. It's helped me. Like, he, he sold me on at least taking the appointment. Um, now, about two weeks later, it was October of 2012, I went to uh, a field in my hometown of Watertown, met uh, Rob Weissman, uh, coach Joe McCormick, uh, one, of, one, of the, one of the best players on the Renegades, and Guy Zuccarello. So it was the three of them, another player on the Renegades. It was the three of them, me. They said, here's a bat and a blindfold. Okay. Now my my attitude is they're just they're just throwing me a bone. They want me to get off my ass, feel good about myself, kumbaya, bullcrap, and uh, I was just obliging. I was just, just stop, leave me alone. I'll do it. But I'll tell you what, Rob, who's not a pitcher, he's the catcher and the coach of the team, mm -hmm. pitched, uh, and he and I connected, and uh, I, I I smoked a ball. Uh, and, oh man! And I I, I never. I'll never forget that feeling. It was like, oh, it, this isn't this isn't what I thought. Um, as it turns out, I had no idea what it was, but it wasn't what I thought. So I said, uh, um, that connection, that 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 uh, line drive I hit, sold me on uh, 2013, and uh, try and and joining the Renegades. So that's how I was introduced. I just got to you it. to got you to go out there. So yeah. wow. Man, so that's pretty cool. You got to hit a line drive there and you were just thinking, well, I mean, I'll do this just to get these people off my back right. and maybe I can just go back to being miserable or something. And... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just did it. But I was then... going to, I was going to go there, you know, play, you know, play, play, pretend for a little bit and then go home and, and stew in my misery. Uh, but that put a jolt in me uh, and it put a, it put a hop in my step and, I, uh, I was eager to learn more about, they sold it that Saturday afternoon, sold it for me. I said, okay, it sold it to the point where I wanted to at least see what it was about. And, uh, that, that was, um, that was my introduction to the sport. Wow. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And that was the line drive of fate, I guess we can call it because it, if, if you hadn't connected, you hadn't felt that adrenaline, that, that rush, who knows what would have happened. You, you know. Wow. Where, where, where things could have gone if you hadn't made that connection, so to speak. So it's just something to, fascinating to think about there, like how things just happened and where they progressed from there, where things could have gone. I never, so, I never thought of it like that, but you're right. I mean, if I hadn't, if I hadn't, uh, if Rob hadn't pitched a, a decent pitch, because I remember, I'll never, I'll never forget it. Rob, um, 
laughed. He's like, I'm not even a pitcher. You know, <laughs> he's like, he's like <laughs> I'm free on the depth chart. And, you know, he's very into depth charts and, and, and statistics and all of that. Oh, so nice. he was, um, his, 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 you know, my feelings aside, uh, his reaction also helped because, uh, it, it, it showed that it was important to these people that don't even know me. So yes, that you're right. If that hadn't happened, I don't, I don't know if I'd still be here playing. Of course. So now it's, we're at 2013. You're saying, okay, I'm going to see what I can do on this team, the Renegades. And I guess kind of take us through a little bit of that early part of your career there, uh, your, your playing career with, uh, with the Renegades and how things kind of went from there, at least for that first year, kind of go through, I guess, your rookie season. Hmm. Uh, and let's just uh, see where this unfolds here on Going Up Cypress. Yeah, okay. So it's funny, <laughs> 2013, my rookie season, uh, you got to yeah, indulge me for a minute because there's, for someone who didn't play a lot, there's a lot to unpack there. And, All right. You know, so I'm out of shape. Um, but I'm lucky enough to have had uh, baseball, traditional baseball experience. I was lucky in that respect to have that experience because whether my conditioning or, or my, or my round shape, uh, or like with or without those things, I was able to kind of assimilate into the game, maybe a little quicker than most. Um, now I'll never forget. We went out as a team after practice, we went to, um, the uh, some, uh, local tavern or something, uh, uh, whatever, a restaurant. And I remember it was me, Weissman, and one, one of the assistant coaches. And uh, the, we were getting – the team was getting geared up to go to Chicago. Now, I'd been on the team for three months practicing with everybody. Uh, and I said, yeah, I'm coming to Chicago, right? He said, no. Matter of factly. He Ooh. said, matter of factly. He's like, no, man. I go, why? He's like, you're not ready. I'm like – Okay, I I was like, right, maybe that's how this works. Um, maybe you thought you were getting hazed or something. Uh, no, I I just I knew he was dead serious. I knew he was well. I see what you're saying. No, I thought that was just uh, just uh, like rookies don't necessarily go on the trips. That's not the case, but whatever. It, it, yeah, he made that okay. decision. I don't think it was out of malice, but I think it was the wrong decision, and that's that's that. But we go to the World Series in 2000, I mean, in, uh, in, in yeah, 2013, so it was Columbus, Georgia. We go to World Series, mm-hmm. and here's where I did a, here's where my view on something from that point. We, uh, I practiced every damn practice. I went to every damn scrimmage. I did every damn thing I was asked to do, and I go down there, right, and we're, we're a middle-of-the-road team at this point, so I'm expecting, like, the ability to play and get better. I uh, I got seven at bats in the World Series, and this kid uh, Shane Canton, who's a, re- a longtime renegade, didn't come to practice once because he lived in Hawaii. Uh, mm-hmm. He didn't come to practice once, and um, he was allowed to come, and he started every single damn game. Now, mm. now here here's here's the thing. That's not a Shane thing. That's not Shane's fault. Uh, in fact. My view on it now is completely different. Now I'm, I'm in Texas. I mean, uh, in Boston playing for a team in Texas. Um, but I'm going to do my damn best to get down there and play. But nevertheless, I, that hit me the wrong way. That rubbed me the wrong way. And I thought, I busted my ass all year. And you give me seven at-bats. Now, what was good about, I'll give you the best and the worst of that tournament in Columbus. The best was I scored my first run. I scored two runs that, that year, two for seven. Scored my nice. scored my best uh, first ever run against the Taiwan home run. 
And very nice, very impressive. I'll never forget. I scored the run, and our um, our one of our assistant coaches that year, Lisa. I'm coming back. I took off my blindfold because I'd already scored. I'm coming back. She goes, "You just scored against Taiwan." Took me a little time to realize the big deal there, um, but I, I eventually did. Not only that, the explosion of the team on the bench, right? Like, was something I'll never forget. It, it sent oh, sent chills throughout my body, uh, and and, and uh, I'd arrived, you know. But uh, yeah, you're like, well, this is this is me. This is what I do. Here we go. Yeah, yeah. And it was like I just scored against you know a juggernaut in this league. Oh yeah. <clears throat> That's not that's, that's nothing to sneeze at. <laughs> and Rob, um, if he ever talks to me, can correct me on this or, or not. But uh, I think that was the only run we scored in the game. But I can't totally remember that. Okay. Because that stuff with the kid from Hawaii, I um, I was still angry, man. I'm two and a half years in division loss. I was still angry. I'm not excusing it. This was wrong of me. But I got like, I got trashed, man, on uh the the last day of our trip there, and I ripped coach right twice in the new one and and uh i didn't come out for 2014 because i was that embarrassed because no matter how much i thought that was right or had an argument i acted immaturely i acted ungratefully and um you know i did something that i thought was totally wrong and uh it was so hopefully he listens to this someday and i'll i'm, I'm saying on the record no one knows about this no one knows about this i've never told anyone mm-hmm. uh only a few people on the team know so I'm telling everyone in the world, uh, and Rob, I hope you listen someday. I'm sorry. You know, I'm sorry for that. Um, but that was 2013. There was a lot of ups and a lot of downs. And uh, I didn't know if I'd have a future in the game after that tournament. Wow. <clears throat> that is it's really big of you, really. Uh, you come a long way from there. It's obvious. And able to recognize, you know, I feel like I'm right, but I know that I handled it the way that I probably shouldn't have. And for you to recognize that, I mean, at least you had the wherewithal to recognize that you did it in that way and maybe you shouldn't have. And so then you said that you missed all of 2014 because of that? I didn't play 2014. I was not – I determined – so firstly, I effed up. That's why I'm apologizing. It's plain and simple. I effed up. I did something wrong. Uh, It doesn't matter Mm -hmm. what my feelings were. I handled myself like a – petulant child and uh, I'm embarrassed, but uh, Rob, it's out there for everyone now. Uh, but 2014, I decided I'm not, I'm not ready to be in a team setting. I'm barely ready to be in a family setting. I'm barely able to be around myself. I, I, I just, I could not do that again. And more simply put, I was embarrassed. Yeah. Which, which is understandable. And that's, that's, so then what, were you doing in 2014 since you didn't stay on the Renegades for that year? I actually went to the Connecticut School of Broadcasting uh, here. here. Ah. There's like 13 of them around the country. Um, it's a very, uh, it's a very quick, accelerated program. But I got a certificate there, and uh, because a goal, uh, a dream of mine ever since I was about 15 was that I'd be on the radio talking sports, irritating people in a market. That's what I wanted. That's what I want to do, <laughs> and I still want to do that. Um, but when uh when the opportunity, uh, I started hearing spots on the radio uh, uh, for the school and um, some things uh, and some organizations in my life were willing to help me. So I went because who the hell am I to say no? You know, and um, that's what I did in 2014. If I hadn't done that, man, I, 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 who knows? You know, I was not doing much other than that. 
Uh, I was still battling alcoholism. I was still battling substance abuse, and uh, it's a miracle. Yeah, it's a goddamn miracle that I even passed that uh, that course. But I did, and uh, 2015 comes along. I'm ready to to eat some crow and come back to the Renegades. There you go. Yeah, and that was why I asked too, because um, I could tell from from what you were saying and everything that you were battling these things. So that's why I brought it up because I'm well. I mean, if if not if not the Renegades, then what else was there? Because uh, there was, you know, like you said, the the, the abuse and, abuses and everything that you were doing. Mm-hmm. So wanted to see, like, well, what? I mean, at least you had the the school of broadcasting, and yeah, I heard about the school around that around your age as well, and I was wanting to get into it. I actually went there uh, for an, in, like just to check it like out. I didn't actually, yeah, I didn't actually pursue it, but I did do like a like a quick read. Um, I did a read, and then I did like a sort of like a. Like, a, like an air check segment where I kind of talked about something that someone on the Astros had done. Like they just wanted to get a sense of my voice and everything. And, and it was cool and everything. I just didn't actually pursue it. And I, maybe I should have. Um, and I, maybe I still will at some point because I'm very interested in broadcasting myself. Yeah. Um, have been for a while. So yeah, I, I like you want to be able to get out there and get some people hot headed and call in and <laughs> see what kind of trouble we can get into. <laughs> yeah, man. And hang, the, the fun part would be to hang up on callers too. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah. You get to run the show. So yep. uh, if you get an angry caller that, that from in my experience and from what I've studied, you get an angry caller, you're doing something right. Cause you're igniting a response. Yes. You're, you're getting that reaction. You're getting the emotion, the blood flowing. And that's definitely what you want to have because if everybody just agrees with you, then you're not doing it right. right. So, all right, so now we're up to 2015. You're, in your words, ready to eat crow. You're coming back to the Renegades. How did all that go, uh, coming back to the team? So I don't remember who asked who. I know I supported them uh, as far as, like, social media. And, you know, I'd send a text here and there to certain players. Uh, I su- in two, now I'm saying in 2014. I don't remember who reached out to who about 2015. My guess is it was me, but I could be wrong. Um, but what was... What was done was that there were me and two other returning players. Um, we had a conference call, the three of us plus Weissman, and he just let he just laid down the law. Um, I don't remember details, but he, he just told us what he expects. And um, I I uh, because because I was willing to do anything to come back to the sport. That's probably why I don't remember what they were. But uh, 2015 was full of ups and downs too. I had um, probably my best season statistically. Uh, mm-hmm. I was actually allowed to go to regional tournaments. Uh, nice. Uh, thanks, I guess. <laughs> I'm in it, man, and we'll get to it. But, uh, you know, 2015, I had a I had an off-the-field incident, an uh, away-from-the-team incident. Took me away for two day, uh, two practices, right? Two practices. I missed yeah. two practices. I, I admit it. What I did in my personal life got me in some trouble. I missed two practices. Okay. And required. It had something to do with drinking. And that's a big theme of my late teens and most of my twenties. Uh, but there's a happy ending there. Uh, however, be, it was due to my drinking that I missed these two practices. He required me if I was going to be allowed back in the team, he required me to out myself to the renegades as an alcoholic. And I had to think about it, but I thought to myself, well, this might be an opportunity to get support. I don't think he'd make me do that if he didn't have a plan in place to support me. Um, so I did it. We went, uh, we went to the World Series in Rochester, New York. We, uh, for, 
uh, finished fifth. Uh, had a, I remember we had a, uh, we lost uh, a heartbreaker to, to Bayou City. I think we were up and uh, wound up losing. They came back like seven runs on us, like gangbusters. And cool, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> as 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 they can do from time to time. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it, it went off without a hitch. The rest of that season went off without a hitch. And uh, I was excited to get ready for 2016. I'm sure you Very want to know nice. about 2016, right? <laughs> well, I mean, I was thinking we can go to 2017 first, but <laughs> no, no, we'll go chronologically. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm, I'm just, I'm just messing with. No, you. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. 2016, yeah, going off without a hitch. I had another solid season uh, in limited duty, like my entire career there. Um, uh, second year with Christian Faction. I want the reason I bring him up is he is the person in beat baseball that has helped me the most on the field, fundamentally. That kid, okay. that kid is a former MVP. He won uh, two years ago. He was on the fast track to Juke. Uh, he was in Juco baseball. He's on the fast track to the pros. Uh, and up until he joined the Renegades, I had the best swing, and I knew it, and that was probably a bad thing. But and put me in check a little bit, and he helped me. So his second year, I, I, uh, it was 2016, and I, uh, I kind of lashed on to him, whether he knows it or not. And uh, great kid. Had a great season statistically. Uh, became um, part of a rotation. What Rob called it was the three-headed monster. It was me. Ah. It was me, a rookie named Sean, and Tan. Now Tan was a defensive whiz, tiny kid man. Could you know he wasn't gonna he wasn't gonna hit many bombs or anything. So on defense he was like like no like one of the best I've ever seen. Uh, so what we would do is like whether it was me or Sean that started in the lineup, we would come out. Uh, and Tan would take our place on the field. And then the next time up, Tan would come out, like his turn was in the lineup, Tan would come out for the other guy. And it was three-headed monster, and it, it freaking worked, man. Like, we, we man. It, it was, um, it was like the top five guys in the lineup, and then that three-headed monster. And it was, it was, dude, it was hella fun to be a part of. So, fast forward, we're getting ready for the World Series. Second to last practice, uh, we practiced on Wednesdays and Sundays later in the season. So on Wednesday, last Wednesday practice before the World Series, I, uh, my parents picked me up at the train station, uh, 40 miles away from practice, but that's how much I, I cared. Um, my parents picked me up, and uh, they had some news for me. And my, uh, my great-grandfather had died. Ooh. Now, listen, he was 96 years old. Yeah. He, his life, you know, his life was... Uh, phenomenal and I'm so blessed to have had for 28 years a great grandfather nobody gets to say that you know what I mean yeah yeah a few people do a few people do but it hit me hard man it hit me real hard of course it's it's, no matter what I mean he's still family and you still you're still gonna feel that sorrow of losing right so the first person I call when I get home from the train station about 10 minutes later after being told this first person I call is Rob Weissman and Rob says, uh, had lost his father the year before. So I, I just knew like would be right around the time of the world series. I just, I felt like he was the right person to call. And, uh, he talked me, he talked me out of, uh, out of, uh, just feeling horrible. And, uh, he, he talked me down and, and, uh, it was a great call. And we talked again the next day and, uh, he, he said, what are you going to do at the world series? I said, what do you think I should do? He says, I think. The decision is up to you, of course, but I do think being around your teammates would help. 
and I thought about it. That sounds about right. Yeah, and I well, um, yes, but uh, I got to give him, you know, and and fast forward another day. So we're two days late, later. The wake is happening. Rob Weissman, Peg Bailey, and uh, Lisa Andrews, two coaches and head coach, obviously the Renegade showed up to the wake, and that that I'm I'm tapping my my heart right now. That means oh, meant man. so much to me. Of course. So that's Friday. Fast forward to Sunday, a uh, day before we fly out, last practice of the year. You good, Tim? At the end of practice, you good, Tim? I said, I'm good, man. I feel great. Is the plan still the same? He said, uh, what do you mean? I said, is the plan still the same? Is it still a three-headed monster? He said, of course. I didn't tell you. So I'll see you at the airport tomorrow. Dude, we get to, we get to Iowa, right? First yeah. game. I go, uh, I was getting a message. Sorry. First game, I go one for four against the San Antonio Jets. We beat them twenty to eight. Now one for four, man. Now I know in beat ball you want to have a four hundred average. You know that's four hundred in in beat ball is a three hundred in, in, in traditional ball. So right. one for four, you know, not great, but hell, dude. I mean, it's the first game of the week. Uh, we just flew. Like, I didn't think I deserved to be sat for the rest of the week. He sat me for the rest of the week. I got a handful of at bats in garbage. I'm pissed, right? I'm pissed. I'm super pissed. We play on on uh, Saturday. We get smoked against against uh, Indy. We're proud of our number two finish, but I'm I'm not I'm not feeling a part of this team, man. But I didn't tell anybody. Yeah, because all of a sudden things just kind of changed. Right, on you. and I'll com- you know I'll compare and contrast in a second, but I um I didn't want to make it about me. Uh, so what I did is I bit my tongue, and when we got home, I let about a week or two pass by. And I said I, ca- I started reaching out to Rob. I said, Rob, we need to have lunch. I want to, uh, we need to have lunch. I need to know how to get better. I need to know how to get better. And then that turned, you know, when he kept dodging me, it turned into, I need to know how to prevent that from ever happening again. I missed my grandfather's uh, funeral because I came down here for, for what you said would be a certain plan. I, I was trying to be accountable though. I was trying to say, let me, let's come up with a plan. So that I played better, so that I never have that happen again. That feeling was desolate. It was it was horrible, but he kept avoiding me. He kept effing avoiding me. And the contrast hmm. I want to make is, I, I I hate to skip ahead, but I want to give an example of last year, in uh, I think it was San Antonio. No, it wasn't San Antonio. It was uh, College Station because JC was there. Okay. I go three for four, right? I'm three for four in the game. Uh, I think we were playing San Antonio. And JC takes me out. And I go, dude, I come up to him. I go, dude, why'd you do that? I'm three for freaking four. And he said, dude, you do not do that on the, uh, during a game. Blah, 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 this, that, and the other. And I said, oh, crap. I just pissed off JC. Yeah. He's twice my size. I'm going to shut up. <laughs> no, I'm <laughs> kidding. But I, I, I took that as, all right, I did the wrong thing here. And I did. I was wrong to do that. But what JC did was later at the hotel, he said, Tim, sit down. I want to let you know why I did that. And I want you to know that if you do have questions like that, you come to me after the game. And I, I all of a sudden go, dude, I was wrong. And now I know I have transparency because every time from, from the first tournament in 2017 to now, he tells me, I, 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 don't, I don't usually start, but he tells me, stay ready stay ready to me that's transparency that's he's coming to me and he's giving me a plan and the plan always stays the same and if it doesn't i'm gonna get an explanation as to why 
and he's gonna he's gonna he's he's a he's a coach man he's a coach and a friend and that's fine see what i feel about rob is that he he it's about it's too much about the coaches there and more importantly it's too much about him and hmm. that is not what i joined the sport for i joined the sport to have fun and winning is secondary i swear to god i mean that and if anyone on the heat doesn't like that talk to me about it we'll talk and i'll tell you why i say that but i don't think anyone would the thing is i was lied to and I tried to meet up with somebody to have a, a conversation as a man to man, as a player to coach, as a friend to friend. And he would not have that conversation with me. So I lost it. I effing lost it. Now I'm drinking. I'm losing my crap every single day. This guy's avoiding me. And I will tell you what, Juan, another thing I want to put on the record. I handled myself horribly. On the way out the door, I handled myself horribly. But I still... It's not like 2013 where I look at it now and say, oh, I was kind of mad for no reason. No, I'm mad and I'm bitter and he knows why and he should know why. And Rob, I appreciate what you did for me. I appreciate everything the Renegades did for me. I'll never forget it. But you hurt me. You hurt me. And uh, I can't wait to play you because I'm going to beat you and it's going to feel amazing. Wow, strong words there from Mr. Tim Cyphers. And yeah, man, definitely uh, nothing dull about that going going from 2013 to the end of 2016 and all the things that happened there. So, so Juan, let's take a, let's take a, a 30 second spot. And I don't mean to be the interviewer here. You're still the interviewer, but let's take a 30 <laughs> second spot. I want to come back. I want to talk about positivity and we'll start from 2017. Let's do this New Day style. We'll be back in about 30 seconds here on the Heat Index. Hey, we've had so much fun doing the Heat Index over the last two years that we just want to invite you to continue listening. Apple Podcasts, search the Heat Index. It's by Timothy Cyphers. It features your favorite Bayou City Heat players. You can go on Stitcher. You can go on Google Play. Pretty much anywhere that you can find a podcast platform, you will find this an incredible beat baseball podcast because baby the heat index is rising. All right, guys, that was uh, thirty seconds just flew by there. Anyway, uh, we are back here on the heat index. My name again is Juan Munoz. I've taken the guest, the uh, not the guest, the host chair. Sure. Very comfortable, very comfortable. And uh, Tim, you may not get it back again. Don't get too comfortable. But, um, <laughs> well, anyway, uh, so we are here with uh, Tim Cyphers, the usual host of the Heat Index. Uh, this time we're getting interview, uh, getting an interview done with Tim, getting his story and getting a sense of how his life has been uh, before beat ball, after beat, ba- uh, beat baseball, and with and without the blindness because Tim grew up fully sighted and if you've missed any portion of this episode, which I don't know how, this is a podcast, rewind. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what we can do there. We can rewind, folks. So somehow maybe you picked up your device and someone started listening on your device. Just start it over and we'll just come back here. So that's, this is the Heat Index here. Again, I'm Juan Munoz. We're interviewing Tim Cyphers. Tim, let's get back into it, man. We're going through the whole, uh, what is it? We're just traveling in time. We started back where you were growing up got you through where you started losing your sight, got you through 
the time with the Renegades, the uh, four years there from 13 to 16 with a year uh, off doing the Connecticut School of Broadcasting, the incidents that occurred both from yourself and from the team and your feelings on everything. So now, 2017, you are, I guess, how did we get to Tim Cyphers being on the Bayou City Heat in 2017? Oh, well, first of all, Juan, thank you for doing this again. But uh, I just want to, before we get into 2017, I want to touch one like, just briefly on what I just did. I got fired up. Go for it. I got fired up because it's, it means a lot to me. I put my heart, my blood, sweat, and tears into that team, and I felt abandoned. I want to be accountable, though. I was not in the best state of mind. Uh, far from it. I handled myself poorly. But I'm saying all of this so that both sides – well, excuse me, so that my side is set. You know, Rob um, – Rob cares a lot about stats and Facebook posts and uh, promoting the team. Um, I like a coach more like the one I got right now that is, uh, is about the team and not about promotion. You know, it's, it's like, let's just go win. So I am in the best spot of my life, beatball-wise and personally. And the way I got to 2017 is I finally said I'm done. With, oh, um, the guy who funds or funds the organization, runs the organization that – sponsors the renegades basically told me hey there's other teams to play when he said that now i'm yelling at this guy but when he said that i said you damn you damn right there are other teams i'm the first player quite a few there are i'm the first and only player now this should say something maybe it says something about me i don't know but i'm the first and only player to ever play for the renegades and another team and uh when that was said it was it was early 2017 um, I still had a lot of drinking to do and I still had a lot of anger to get out. But luckily I had posted in one of the stupid or sorry folks, one of the Facebook posts. <laughs> uh, Facebook groups. It's not stupid, it's just Facebook is I use it, so does everyone else. Um but Facebook brings out something different in a lot of a lot of people. That, that's a whole other podcast. Uh, <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> so thank God, man. I posted in one of them. And someone I have looked up to from afar because he podcasts, because he's a Paralympian, because he's a former all-star, because he did everything that I wanted to do and I still want to do in this game. Tanner Gers messaged me. He was not, I want to repeat, he was not the only representative from, the, uh, from a team to, rep- to reach out to me. Why well, I saying I was the hottest free agent? Hell no. Uh, to join another team, Tanner reached out to me. I had to say no to them. And, uh, and it's all about Tanner. I, I'm telling you, uh, I didn't know much about the Heat except for that they were a, uh, an offensive powerhouse. Uh, they'd beaten us pretty bad uh, in this epic comeback in 2015. I wanted, to, I wanted to be a part of something that Tanner was a part of. So, Tanner, thank you for reaching out. Because Tanner reached out. We talked for a few days. He hooks me up with JC. I talked to JC. Thought JC was a tenured, you know, 40-something-year-old coach, you know, grizzled. <laughs> Turns out I'm six weeks older than the guy, but when I, my point is I talked to him on the phone, and he came off as a coach and as a respectful man. You know, and and uh, I was sold, man. I was sold. Uh, you wanted I in. wanted in, and I couldn't believe it. Like he, so he got J- – JC put me um, – said he'll, he'll be in touch in a day or two. He calls me, right? He says, third. Yeah. 
that voted said you're in. Dude, I cried, man. I, I couldn't believe it. I uh, waited until I got off the phone with JC, so, uh, you know, I didn't <laughs> – I, I got emotional, man. And for fast forward two weeks or so, Jaco- I started hearing from, um, you know, Lerod uh, messaged me on Facebook. Ja'Cory calls me on the phone, spends an hour or two on the phone with me two or three times. I feel like a part of this team, like, and I've been a part of it, right? And I have never – Before you even get to meet these guys in person. Met them in person. Now, um, so we had arranged for me to come to the May tournament, uh, so the Memorial Day tournament. Um, let me put it this way. Let me put it like this. I disappeared for a month, and what's important to me, and I want to get across, is how cool this team was and how, great, how grateful I am for this team because – JC stayed in touch with my mother. He, he, my mom wouldn't tell him what's going on, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be pretty ambiguous, but I'll tell you what. I had a jackpot, right? And, and uh, May 10th was my last drink. May 10th of mm. 2017 was my last drink. The reason I've um, – big reason I've stayed sober is because of this team, and uh, I, I'm grateful to be sober. But I, uh, I, I, I came away from my slumber, my, my whatever I'd gotten myself into, um, and I called JC right away. I said, do I have a spot on this team still? He said, yeah, but dude, let me know from that. Like next time something happens, let me know. Like he was like scolding me, but like relieved I was okay. Right. Yeah. He was just like, Hey, talk to me next right. time. And um, my mother had the best words to say about him, you know, and, and uh, I, there I go, man. Next, next stop, West Palm beach, Florida. And uh, because of that jackpot I'd gotten myself into, I wasn't able to book a flight in time to where I could afford it. But I wasn't letting you guys down. I wasn't letting the heat down. Uh, and I wasn't letting myself down. I greyhounded. <laughs> I took a greyhound from Boston, Massachusetts, South Station, Boston, Massachusetts, West <laughs> Palm Beach, Florida. It took me 36 hours both ways each. And I would never, I would not, let me, let me rephrase if I had to do it again, I would. I'll just make sure I'm never in a position where I have to do it again. Does that yeah. make sense? Exactly. So, um, you know, I come down, I come down there, man, and I'm in the I'm, uh, for about six hours before the rest of the team got there, and I wake up, and you, we just talked. I have, I have, I have functional vision. I wake up from this like groggy slumber, man. I'm groggy as hell, and I'm like, like it's still surreal. And like three big black dudes come in the room, and I'm like, oh. Holy hell, dude! Like, what's going on? But they immediately come up to me, and I'm just painting a picture for you. I'm, 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 I'm yeah. I, you know yeah. what I mean. Just, just paint course. a picture, dude. <laughs> yeah, just, just the imagery, like setting the scene. I know these guys, but you know what they said is suit because they're blind. So as soon as they could sense that I was there, and I think I made a noise or something, they go, "Yo, is that Timmy? Timmy from Boston?" <laughs> and it was a wrap, man. I've never ever felt the culture I feel here. I've never felt it. And um, oh man, it's a wrap, man. And we had a hell of a hell of a tournament. And I had my best statistical tournament ever. And there's two things I want to say about that. We lost to the two championship contenders, the two teams that played in the championship. Those were our only two mm-hmm. losses. Finished seventh, but I focused on the two losses. And for me personally, uh, it's an individual sport in a lot of ways. Um, so me personally, I go seven for 12, right? Fonzie's right. never, ever pitched to me. I had never pit- batted off this pitcher. Not once. Not one time. Never seen him. I mean, I, I've heard him from games, but, like, I never got close enough to see his pitching. I never paid attention. Like, why would I? This dude makes me look way better than I actually am. 
And I bring that up because, Fonzie, you are the best pitcher for my money in the league. And <laughs> the coolest dude to, to boot, man. So uh, that was- I certainly second that. And I'm sure a lot of other a lot of other uh, other yeah, a lot of our teammates will say the same thing, if not all of them. Damn right, man. So that was 2017. And I'm smiling here to ear because, you know, I'm three months, four months sober. Uh, I just greyhounded down here and I felt like I'd been a part of this team for years, years. And I only met them that week. <laughs> so only that week, you know, it's, it's uh, an unbelievable feeling. Man, that is amazing. And that, that was, man, that was the year before uh, I, I came along and it sounds like it was quite a, quite a big deal for you to, cause you were starting to go through that transition. Yes, sir. Um, you know, having your last drink and then getting to be uh, a new member on, on this team, uh, the Bayou City Heat, and getting to go out there and, yep. like you said, hit, hit off this, this pitcher who you'd never, you'd never <clears throat> batted off of before. And to have this sort of culture of family uh, set on you pretty much from jump as soon as you got there and just feeling the big difference uh, between these two teams that, that you've been a part of. Yeah, and, and you know, there was culture in Boston, but I never felt like one of the boys, man. I felt like you had to be one of the boys to, to like, feel that culture. And, um, may, again, maybe that was a me thing, this, that, that particular instance. Maybe that's a me thing. But I don't, I don't have to make any effort to feel like one of the, the heat. You know, I don't make any effort other than being me. And, like, that week, man, they would check in on me because it came out in dribbles and drabs that, like, I, I'm, I'm not very shy about being in recovery. But it was still very early, right? And I, and I don't know these people. So it yeah. came out. And um, I want to point one thing out. We had a team meeting scheduled on, I think it was Wednesday. Wednesday night of the series. And I go, JC, I'm like, yo, um, can, I, can I miss, like, the first half hour? I, I got a meeting I really want to go to. And he's like, what do you mean a meeting, dude? You're not missing the, the – the, this is the meeting, right? <laughs> yeah, th- this is where you're supposed right. to be. This is the meeting. And I'm like, oh, all right. And he, but he saw – I was, like, vis- visibly, like, disappointed. Or, I, that's my guess. And he goes, well, what do you mean meeting? So I whispered to him. I go, dude, I, I want to go to an AA meeting. I'm just, I'm just trying to stay right for you guys. He goes, you go to that damn meeting, and if you don't go, you're, you're, you're not playing tomorrow or something like that. Like, oh, <laughs> so at that point, I had no choice, man. So that, that crap, man, that, that stuff, holy hell, man, it just feels so good. You know? and, and again, I'm coming up on two years, and the big reason is because these guys, you included, big time, I hear from you guys. I hear from someone every few days. I hear from multiple every week. Even if it's just a text or a Facebook message or a comment, dude, where you're like, you're, where someone's busting my balls, Lee Rod. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, like I, <laughs> I hear from people and that means something to me because I'll let you, I'll let you ask me questions because I'm sure you're going to ask me how beep, what beatball means to me. And uh, I, I'll tell you when, when it comes. All right. Yeah, man. So, so you get to this point in 2017 and everything. And so we've been talking a lot about uh, you and beatball and just really focusing on you and beatball and how it's affected you uh, personally, emotionally and everything like that. Uh, I want to take a step back here just for a little bit and kind of ask you a little bit about what your interests are. Okay. Uh, Just, just to kind of, Get a little breather, uh, kind of process everything we've heard so far, and just uh, I guess we can 
do this in short spurts or just kind of a broad range of like music or TV shows. Like I got, I want to get a sense of some of your interests uh, outside of outside of beatball because I'm sure you know. And you said it too. You know, you're busy and everything. You have a life. Right. Got a girl, and I'm sure you guys like to do stuff, uh, watch TV or different things like that. So, like, what what's what are some of the things that Timmy is into? What what's what's some of Timmy's personal life like? Sure. Uh, so not so. Uh... I'm gonna. The first thing I'm gonna say is gonna sound like a cop out, but I'll, I will follow up with with real, like substance. But I want to say I'm still. The first thing I want to say is I'm still learning. I'm still learning what's a, what I like. You know what I mean? Like I, I had interests growing up, but what do I like to do? I'm still learning. Now, you and I share a lot of love for the same sports. Pretty much all of them. Uh, Just about. And and. Uh, Side note, Houston is probably the second most contending sports market in, in the country right now. So if you guys could just break through and win another one, you know, you're, you're making me feel like I got something to worry about. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, well, we'll see about that. I mean, certainly I, I would agree with you in baseball. It, it can happen. Yeah. A um, couple of other, other sports, I'm not quite as sold on them as you are, uh, that might be that might be just because you're looking at this from a different perspective than I am. Like I'm actually here and hearing all the things that are going on and getting to react to them in different ways. We'll talk. <laughs> we'll talk. I gotta learn then. <laughs> um, so you know, but, uh, and I love 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 wrestling. That's another interest we share. And I well, I bet we have a segment on that. But you know, <laughs> I I started watching that when I was ten years old, man, and uh, it was never. I was never naive enough to think it was like these guys were really going out there and risking their lives, but I was always interested in the storytelling and the athleticism. And I, I've wanted to, you know, I've been a, an athlete in one form or fashion almost my entire life. So to see these guys be athletic and tell a story, I mean, there's nothing more stimulating than that. And it's still real to me, damn it. Uh, no. Um, it's, it's something I like to call physical psychology because they, they, their job is to suck you in and get you to believe in what they're yes, doing. Sir. Yes, sir. And, and, and be captivated by it. And um, as I've grown up, it's stayed a, a constant. It's, be, it's remained a constant in my, uh, my viewing. You know, I still watch pretty much routinely. Uh, oh, yeah. So like, what I like to do off the field, though, again, I'm still learning. Um, as a vision impaired person, it's tough to uh, say that I still do the same stuff. But I do largely everything I used to. Like, I like to read. Um, and I like to read more now than I was, uh, than I did when I was sighted. It's just All as right. goofy as that might sound. Because here's how I look at it, dude. It's read to me now. Like, I, I, all I gotta do is listen to it. Like, so <laughs> what? I have no excuse. If I wanna read something, I can't just say, oh, I'll do it another time. I still do. But you know my point, right? Like, we all, oh, I do as yeah. well. <laughs> so, but, but in, a, in, um, in I, I do that way more and with Brittany man Brittany's gotten me out of my shell a lot like I uh I don't like hate the world or anything although I try to pretend I do I don't man. I love people man I love humans uh, and I really do I just get severely anxious around them <laughs> so um, <laughs> she's got me out of my shell I like to I like to visit new restaurants you know like um I, I like to uh I still play Pokemon Go, dude. Like, uh, I'm a blind guy that plays that, that game. I do it differently than the most, just like anything else. I can do almost everything that anyone else does. 
I just have to do it differently. And that's what I have to always tell myself so that I don't lose my mind. <laughs> so oh, yeah. I'll tell you what, man, I, I'm not hitting on Pokemon Go. I got, I got plenty of friends that play Pokemon yeah, Go. Yeah. And um, I, I probably could uh, play it to a, to a point. I'm just kind of like, you know what? I'm going to just enjoy it through them. Because it, at this point where I'm at right now, I'm a lot busier than I've ever been. And I, I, I probably could adapt it into my life, but I'm just going to enjoy it vicariously through other people at this point. Yes, sir. Uh, and, oh, man, that's why you just brought up busy, man. That's why this is so valuable to me. I appreciate it. Um, but as far as, you know, interest, man, that, that's them, you know. And, uh, oh, music-wise, dude, I listen to hip-hop. I love hip-hop. Um, I love something with a message, though. I'm not going to listen to mumble rap. I'm not going to listen to – I'm not going <laughs> to listen to something that's just like, yo, I'm going to the club. No, I want something with a message. Um, and I think there's a lot of storytelling in rap and hip-hop. Um, and I'm not adverse to some top 40. You know, I, I, I nah, it yeah. is what it is. <laughs> yeah, whether we want to admit it or not, it's something there catches our attention in one way or another. Yeah. So, yeah, whether it's, yeah, pop or EDM or anything that's in the top 40 spectrum, there, there's something there that just, I just don't like, stands out to us. I just don't like modern country. Like, that's, like, I like old country, you know, Johnny Cash, uh, Merle Haggard, like, stuff like that, thanks to my parents. Oh, yeah. But, whatever, I mean, I'll. I, I agree with you there. I, I will give you that. Yeah. Um, classic country is definitely the way to go, especially guys like Johnny Cash, like you said. Yes, sir. Yeah. The now, cause now country it's, it was country rock for a good while. And now it's starting to say, uh, you know, sprinkle into the pop world. And, oh, man, that's what it is. And now you just, uh, to me, it's like, okay, now you're losing it. It's not for me. That's all. But it, it's, Power, more power to anyone else. Like it's like Mike Trout just got four hundred thirty dollars. I wouldn't. Four hundred thirty million. Four hundred thirty million dollars. I wouldn't <laughs> give him that, but they did. More power to them. So it's what they say. You're as valuable as somebody thinks you are. You know, man. You're as valuable as whatever somebody's willing to right. pay. That, that's that's what it comes down to. And obviously, the Angels felt he was worth that much and for that long. We'll see how it turns out. But a hey, more power to them. And more power to Mike Chuck for making that deal happen. And Florida Georgia Line. People want to go to your concerts. You more power to you. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. It's a labored analogy, <laughs> but that's the best I got. Of course. <laughs> yeah, man. So good stuff, man. Yeah, definitely the wrestling. <laughs> I yeah. you know this from from us talking and everything. Absolutely love pro wrestling. And as I said, it's a physical psychology and uh definitely not missed by myself um every week whenever i get the chance to catch up on it right it's the beauty of on demand man i got I, I don't have to <laughs> it's not appointment viewing for me anymore it's i appoint my own time to it and and that's uh that's a beautiful thing <laughs> yeah and for me as long as i can stay away which i usually do stay away from the spoilers and all that then i'm good yeah so yeah uh, i do try to watch it live on pay-per-views and oh same but yeah that yeah that's just yeah, but anyway, that's that could be another podcast as well. You know, our our love of wrestling. We will talk. <laughs> we will definitely talk. So, all right, man. So let's get into it. You kind of mentioned it earlier, and yes, I am going to ask you, um, what does the sport of beat baseball mean to Mister Timmy Cyphers? I say it. Uh, I say it several times a week, uh, and I, I'll never get tired of saying it. 
beat baseball has done so much for my confidence. And the reason being, man, is like when I'm out here, right, by myself, I'm, I'm just navigating the world in my daily life. Uh, for better or worse, I'm Tim and I'm sometimes the blind guy, right? Right. And I'll even say sometimes I'm Tim and I'm the recovering alcoholic. So, like, when I go to meetings, when I go to AA meetings, I'm just one of the guys. When I go to tournaments, I'm just one of the guys. Like, it's not like, it's not like, oh, how do you do this? Or, like, this, there's questions in, in their heads. Like, last year, man, last year, we're in Eau Claire. <laughs> we're, in, um, we're in the Metropolitan Hotel. Great place. Uh, really good to us. But uh, I'm in the, the elevator, and, I'm, and these two people are hopping on. And I'm staring, right? Like, I'm looking. I'm looking. And Shakori has functional vision. It winds up being Shakori and Joe. Shakori knows. Shakori knows to Tim, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> Tim, it's Co. And I'm like, I'm dying laughing because, like, nobody, if I'm staring at people here trying to figure out who they are because I, I can't help it. That's what I do. Most of the time, they're like, can I help you? <laughs> so, in that scenario, it's like, yo, Tim, it's, it's Co. What's up? <laughs> and we just move yeah. along. You know what I mean? It's like. It's just so funny, man. I go down there. It's a commune, man. It's a com- It's a community. Uh, we 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 go to war on the field. Sure, there's big personalities. I have some resentments that I got to work on, but for the most part, dude, like I value every friendship that I've made. Um, what it means to me is commune, plain and simple. It's a community, and it's something I'm so blessed to be a part of because I can't do this on my own. I, someone may tell me like in a motivational sense, like, yeah, you can. And I will respectfully say, I can't, there's not a damn thing that I can do on my own. And I'm readily able to admit that. And, um, I can't, I can't thank the sport enough. I can't thank the renegades enough for introducing me to it, no matter how it ended. Uh, I can't thank the heat enough for being there for me in a time of need. I almost didn't have a team and they gave me one. And then the league as a whole, man. Like I said, we go to war on the field, and sometimes personalities clash. And then, at, and then on on Saturday when we're at the banquet, we're just we're just a league. We're just a, a league. Yeah, we're no longer we're all just come together to celebrate that we got to do this for an entire week. All of us just coming together, playing these right. games. Yeah, we're all battling each other for you know that big trophy at the end. But at the end of the day we all get to be around each other and just kind of celebrate our accomplishments, our successes, and just kind of go from there. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's, um, it's just, it's so valuable to me. It's something I, um, I took for granted at certain points in my career with the Renegades and something I intend to never take for granted again. Yeah. And it's one of those things you, you don't forget where you came from and you can still, you know, acknowledge and recognize no matter what that the Renegades did set you on this path into beat baseball. And no matter what, it can't, the, way, the same way you can't change who your parents are, although it sounds like you, you wouldn't. Um, yeah, it, it's right, but just it, that thing. You know where you came from, um, no matter what's happening with you now, you definitely have that, that knowledge and that acknowledgement. Yes, sir. Very good stuff, man. So, Man, we've taken in quite a bit. We've covered a lot. I had a lot to digest there. Um, so, man, Tim, I want to 
take just one more quick break here, and then we're definitely going to wrap it up with a lot more fun stuff. Maybe even do a little preview of something that's coming up here pretty soon at the time of this recording. So, so one more. I think one more little segment, segment, and we'll be good to go, sir. Uh, we'll take just a quick time here. We'll be right back, I'm yes, in. sir. Good thing, because. Hey, we've had so much fun doing the heat index over the last two years that we just want to invite you to continue listening. Apple Podcasts, search the heat index. It's by Timothy Cyphers. It features your favorite Bayou City Heat players. You can go on Stitcher. You can go on Google Play. Pretty much anywhere that you can find a podcast platform, you will find this incredible beat baseball podcast because, baby, the heat index is rising. All right, I'm back, man. <laughs> we're we're back. Well, Where'd you go? You know, <laughs> just had to stand up and stretch for a bit. <laughs> and almost didn't make it back in the chair in time, but hey, I'm here. The post chair is still here. The heat index is still here. Juan Munoz is still here. Timmy Cyphers, more importantly, is still here on the heat index. Tim, you still there? All right. Yes, okay, sir. Good. good thing you didn't make a liar out of me, sir. All right, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. So we're just going to cover a few more things here. And uh, like I said, we've had a lot here to digest and we're getting pretty full, but I think we can handle some uh, dessert here. What do you say? Yes, sir. I, I think we can. All right. I, got room. Uh, I do too. And our listeners, I know y'all do. So ready or not, here we come. So Tim, I want to ask you a little bit about uh, the team and we're just going to, I'm just going to give you a name and I want you to just give me a little bit about about this guy maybe do like a word association just kind of the first thing pops into your head about these people so first person and you've talked about him already a few times but our coach jc respect i respect uh and and that's the word but i'll elaborate respect uh he i respect him i respect him uh and i respect his leadership style and uh for such a young man to be as uh as even keeled and and um I get. Uh, I hate to use the word mature. It seems seems weak, but like, you know, mature, um, wise. You know, there we go. That's a better one. So I'd go respect. respect definitely. All right, there you go, coach. Uh, next one, <clears throat> and you just talked with this person not too long ago. Bam Bam. Bam Bam uh, is. Well, he's tall. <laughs> um, I can't come up with one word because I was actually hoping you'd ask me. I look up to him. That's what I would say. And not, is, not uh, just in the literal value. sense. Right, right. Uh, I look up to him. We have a lot of the same ideological views. But beyond that, he's a family man. Uh, he's a power hitter. I want to be both of those things. Um, and uh, he's just a – he's just a maybe hard to interview – maybe hard to, to, to get uh, an interview set up with him. But once you do, man, he's personable and he's, uh, he's an open book. And I, and those I kids of his him. are great, man. I will say that. Got to spend some time yes, with sir. them in Wisconsin, and it was it was a lot of fun, a lot of fun with them. Yeah. All right. So next person, I'm just kind of thinking as we go here. By the way, just letting you let, letting you in behind yeah, the curtain, fine. folks. Mr. Blake Boudreau. Yeah. Funny. Absolutely. He's funny, man. He is so funny, and um, and not because he's my teammate, but I want to say he's done a hell of a job, man. He's bringing things back this year that I'm so super interested about, and I didn't know that was everything but like a longest hit contest or or fastest runner whatever we're doing at this year's world series like he's got big picture ideas while not making it about blake boudreau he makes it about the nbba 
Um, he's also a family man, and uh, but the number one word that that popped into my head was funny, man. He he's a funny oh bastard. yeah, absolutely agreed. And yeah, I, I haven't seen these. Uh, I guess what are they opening ceremonies before myself? So it'll be interesting to check that out uh, once we get to Tulsa, Oklahoma, which I haven't mentioned is where the World Series is going to be this year. I know a lot of our yeah. league knows, but in case we have people who don't necessarily follow the sport so much or even new listeners, this year's World Series will be in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Yes, sir. So looking forward to that. Uh, next thing, next person, Michael Garrett. Legend. Legend, man. Uh, from, from, I, I like to be a historian, right, of, the, of beat baseball, and I, I have got a long way to go. But from what I know of what he's done for this program, uh, it's nothing short of legendary. Um, man of God is a, he's a, he's, he's a cool customer. You know, he's like very, very, you know, matter of fact, and then, uh, close to the vest, but, uh, legend. That's what I'm going to go with. All right. Got a few more for you here. Let's go. You mentioned him already. Fonzie. Best, best in the world. He is the, so he is the Chris Jericho of pitching and beat baseball. Mm-hmm. If you ask me. People will argue others, but when it comes down to credentials, when it comes down to talent, and when it comes down to passion, he's the uh, – I've never seen someone – like, he, I, I, in fact, like, I, I didn't get to mention this. He and JC have very little ties to beat baseball in the heat other than the fact that they just want to be there, right? They want to be a part of this, and they want to help us grow as individuals and as players. So selfless – is actually, I went with goat, but I'm going to change to selfless. I think Fonzie's very selfless. Yeah, and the word I would have used myself is just passionate. Just his energy when, when we get when we really get into it, man. His his passion is just unmatched, almost unmatched by anyone. Uh, the way he tries to, the way he uh, he picks us up, um, if you know, whenever things happen, the way he's just encouraging us. Uh, especially at the at-bats and everything when he works with you, the, the passion, he wants to find you. Yeah, that, that's yeah. what it, he just wants to find you and make, like you, you said it earlier, make you better than what you probably think you are. <laughs> <laughs> so I hope you pick on this person, Daryl Miner. Oh, God, he is, uh, he is unique. so you know daryl is um is fun loving he likes to clown around but i've talked to him in moments of candor man like where he's just he's straight daryl he is um he's very down to earth respectful individual and holy crap that guy can still hit bombs yeah he can i yeah i think straight is probably just the best word for him um he's straight with you in a serious manner he's straight with you when he's conning you, just, just yep. all around. Uh, Equal opportunity clown too. Like he won't, he won't pick oh, on one he, person. Yeah. He's got, he's, he's got something. He problem. went after me when I started. <laughs> I had to learn real quick. <laughs> go back at him. Go back at him. <laughs> yes, sir. So there you go. And let's see here. We'll do one more here. Let's go, Lee Rod. <sighs> um. He's he's uh, sort of he and John Parker 
and I don't mean to split this, Leron. I just have to t- lump you both into this. They're both mentors of mine um, in different ways, in different areas, in different fashions. Uh, Leron in particular, um, I want to be like him when I grow up. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's such a good-hearted family man. Um, he's as genuine as it gets. You don't have to worry about what he's he's uh, – what his next move is going to be because it's always going to be in the best interest of his, of his fellow teammate or friend, yeah. you know, and uh, it was so easy to become really good friends with him. And uh, so I, I would say, I would say mentor. Good stuff, Tim. Good stuff. Uh, I could, I could just rattle off everybody at this point, but I think uh, we're good here with the, the ones that we have. Yeah. Uh, so, all right, Tim, let's get to something fun here to wrap things up. We have an event coming up as of the time of this recording a week from now. A little thing, little known thing called WrestleMania happening at MetLife Stadium in New Jersey, or as they call it, the shadow of New York City. And I want to kind of uh, get your excitement level for it, um, it how the buildup has been for it. Uh, has it been... Has it been exciting? Has it been confusing? Has, you know, just little things like that. How do you feel overall about this year's WrestleMania coming up? So do you, are you asking me about the card or the build, like road? So I'll just answer both. The road to WrestleMania has been, eh, and the card is better than people are giving me credit for. I know those were both underwhelming, but let me explain. The road to WrestleMania was probably effed up by Roman getting sick. Now, for those who don't know, Roman Reigns is a uh, wrestler who's uh, main event status, but he got uh, sidelined with uh, about with leukemia. I think that changed everything, and that kind of threw a wrinkle in things and has, you know, uh, disrupted the original plan. Is my guess. I I don't know. The card though is getting a lot of heat, and I don't know why. I think it's I think it's I think it's a good card. Um, Bold prediction uh, is that John Cena will fight a Hall of Famer. He will have a match with a Hall of Famer. I don't know who, but a Hall of Famer. I tend to agree with you there, and maybe we have the same person in mind. But um, yeah, I, I can I, I can see where well, you're going with that with the with the whole Roman thing. Because uh, yeah, the company, although people don't often believe it, the company does have some kind of long term plan in place at, at least for g- going up to the following WrestleMania, and them finding out and Roman making it public about his uh, bout with leukemia and having to go away. We had no idea when he was going to come back. We had no idea it'd be four months. You know, for all we know, it, it could have been four years. It, it could have possibly not come back. Um, so right. for it to have been four months is just absolutely something. And, but all the same, it, it threw a wrinkle into things. It's probably a reason why we have as many changes to the card that as we've had these last couple months, especially because they're trying to figure out the best, the best card to put on for everybody. And yeah, I, I believe that the card is going to be really great once it's executed. Um, and yeah, I, I agree with you there that it's the road's been for me, just confusing at times. Uh, some of it's been good and some of it has cooled off since it's initial uh, exciting start uh, as far as going back to the rumble and things like that. Like Rollins. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. There you go. So we're going to definitely see what happens there. Um, I want to ask you a few questions here. Who do you have 
uh, winning the first ever women's main event next week. I'm just going to get right to it. What are we going to, who do you see coming out of Ronda, Charlotte, Becky? Ronda. You got Ronda. It's good. It's good for business. And I think that like, there's a lot of reports in the dirty sheets that like she's going away, blah, 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 this, that, and the other. She's your biggest draw right now uh, that in the women's division. If she, and I know Becky Lynch has a, has a big following. Biggest draw in the business in women's wrestling is is Ronda Rousey. I, uh, I, and here's why I think she's, I think that Charlotte and Becky are going to make her look so good. I think she's going to have her best match since joining the uh, mm-hmm. the company, and um, it's sort of a unpopular pick there, but I think she's going to win. It's yeah, I can definitely see it happening. Uh, I'm myself. I'm rooting for Becky, but I kind of feel like I kind of feel like where you are, where Ronda is probably going to come out of this on top and she definitely has two of the best working with her and they are going to make her shine no matter what people want to say they're going to make her shine next week um agreed do you see drew mcintyre beating roman reigns next sunday absolutely not you think the big dog's gonna come back and avenge his fallen brother yes i do I, i just i can't see him losing i just can't uh they want him back in the main event picture he loses the mcintyre that kind of, you know, it doesn't derail it, but it delays it a little bit. And uh, I think we got a Rollins uh, Reigns program coming soon. Hmm. Interesting. There, interesting. Maybe that answered one of your next questions. I, don't know. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I was just kind of going through here. Let's see. Let's see. Who do you have winning the uh, uh, the women's tag team championship? I believe it's a fatal, fatal four way now. We have Natalia, Beth Phoenix, um, Sasha Bailey, Naya Tamina, and the Iconics. Natty, Beth Phoenix makes the most sense to me as a fan because they both deserve it. Uh, I think the Iconics become your new women tag team champions. Yeah, I, I see Natalia and Beth being there to sort of like make fans think that they're going to give it to them or let them – or that they're gonna take it from these from these girls, I, right. man, the iconics. Their talking ability right now to me is they're so in sync. It's unmatched. It's unreal. It is just amazing to listen to, especially when they speak in unison. Their their cadence and everything is just so on right now, and I can right. totally see them see them running with this and being even more annoying than they're being right now. So, yeah, I I agree with you there. The Iconics are my pick. And, all right, let's go into this one. Brock, Seth. Yeah, I mean, Seth Rollins has to win. He has to. Uh, They're just so, like, there's just so much anger with this um, Lesnar title run, or or the two that he's had over the last two years, that I I can't imagine he walks out of Mania as the winner. Uh, Vince likes round numbers. Uh, 35, you, you know what yeah. I mean by that, like zero, five, zero. You know, he likes those round numbers. I think a uh, big changing of the guard at 35 would um, would please him. Uh, but he also wants to make money. He wants people to stay tuned. And uh, you're not you're, – you're kind of playing with fire if you keep the strap on, Lesnar. All right. I am still deciding. I'm kind of leaning Brock because I think it's something Vince would do regardless. Um, right. And then just because of other uh, other things they have in place with like the, the shows in Saudi Arabia, things like that, and how they want Lesnar as well. 
Um, right. I'll be rooting for Rollins, but I wouldn't be surprised if Lesnar kept the belt. And yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. I'll do one more for me, and then I'll let you pick one if there's anything that I miss. But let's go with: Are we getting that feel that ultimate moment for me right now, which would be Kofi Kingston versus Daniel Bryan? Are you asking me to um, predict? Yeah, who do you have there? That to me is the biggest wild card of the night. I um, I I think we get a Big E or Xavier Woods heel turn or both, and they cost Kofi the, the strap. If Kofi was going to win it, it would have been years ago. Uh, he's been in the company for 10, 11 years now. A lot of people think, well, that's exactly why he'll get it, and I tend to think. No, he no, his this is his, this is as close as he's gonna get. That's maybe that's what they want me to think, but um, I'm gonna go DB retain, retains via a heel turn. Yeah. All right. Certainly a nice, uh, interesting wrinkle there. Um, let's see. Yeah, I have, I've got Kofi winning it straight up, and I think that's more me thinking with my heart right now, just because I'm so into this thing that's been going on with him. But the seeds are there. You're right about that. The seeds are there for them to do something either at Mania or sometime after Mania between the New Day brothers. Now, I want to give you what I like. What, so you're going to give me the floor. I'm just going to tell you what I would do to book this All match. Right. And then, we'll, then we'll, uh, we'll call it a show. But what I would do is John Cena's got to be there, right? John Cena's got to be there. And I would have – so you know how they're using this B-plus player uh, line? Yes. Well, who did they use that for? Daniel Bryan, right? right? Like five five years ago. I could see Cena attacking Kingston, turning heel, winning his 17th, and it's a double turn. Um, Bryan, you know, they start saying, Bryan, you were the real, you you were always the B-plus player, blah, blah, blah. We get a double turn. I don't think that's going to happen, but that's how I would vote. Okay, wow. Yeah, didn't even think about that one. But uh... It's a little off the <laughs> All right. Well, that is interesting stuff. Is there any other match that you want to kind of give a prediction to? Anything that I may have missed? No. I mean, I think the Batista-Triple H match oh, is one, actually yeah. – Yeah, you know, it's more interesting than – these so Fans these days, man, are so like I, – I don't know if this is the right word, but I'm going to throw out the word elitist. Like, you, you just like you, – you're snobby. You know, like – Nothing's like you need the new guys, but if new guy, if your new guy doesn't get the push you want, now you're against that too. It's like enjoy something here. You're you're probably never gonna see Batista wrestle a match again. You're probably you may never see Triple H wrestle a match again. I want to enjoy the hell out of that. A big part of my my childhood and my adolescence. So, um, I I, I don't know who's gonna win. I don't I don't I frankly don't really even care. Uh, I'm just glad it's happening. Yeah, that's that's gonna be a better match than people will give it credit for. Uh, I I definitely think so. And I don't think the winner really matters because for all we know, it could just be Triple H's last match anyway. Um, right. And maybe he wants to go out wrestling, you know, a, a good friend of his like that, like like Batista. Right. So maybe it's just both of them kind of calling it a career on their terms for all we know. Yeah. And, but, yeah. but yeah, I, yeah, I've been saying this for years. The fans, they get behind somebody and they want everything handed to them right away. They don't want to wait, you know, six months, right. 12 months, 18 months, two years to see 
a development uh, take place with these guys where they can go on this kind of long road to their ultimate success. They, they want like, oh, this guy just debuted two months ago. Give him the big belt, the title already. So that, right. that's, that's a problem that I have. With him. And it, it can happen to us at any point, but I, I do try to step back and, and say, hey, uh, let's, let's see where this goes. Let, let's see if, if they can do, if the company can really get behind this guy and see where they can take him in 18 to 24 months if they have any sort of long-term plan uh, for him. Right. So good stuff, Tim. Uh, I think we are good there. So everybody, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for hanging with us. If you missed anything, rewind it. Start it over again. <laughs> if you uh, didn't pause it for whatever reason, went to get a glass of water or a snack, there, there's a rewind button there for you. Go check that out. Um, otherwise, just listen to this again and again. It's good stuff. Tim, you gave us a lot to, to digest, a lot to think about. And thank you for giving me this honor of being able to host and interview you. And it's, it's been a lot of fun, sir. Yeah, man. And uh, thank you for spending nearly two hours with me and uh, just being a, one of the best teammates in the world. And uh, that's not cream puff in nature. <laughs> that's, that's real. No, that's real talk, man. Like, I, uh, I love you guys. And, um, you know, we'll do this again. You know, I, I doubt I'll get interviewed again anytime soon, but I want to have you back on and uh, the rest of our teammates, man. It's just such a blast for me. And uh, it, the honor's all mine, man. Pleasure it is certainly mine. fun, man. Hey, I will see you in a week. I will give you your host chair back begrudgingly. Oh, yeah? And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, anytime, hey, you were, you were really good at this. And, uh, you know, we have the ability to, to you know, if you ever want to just sit in and, and, and co-host with me, you know, that's something we can talk about. Oh, wow. all right. Hey, um, let's get our lawyers together, draft up an agreement. And- <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Juan. Tim, appreciate it, man. Guys, this has been the Heat Index. Thanks for listening wherever you've been, wherever you are. I am Juan Munoz. We are out. Go Heat. Bye. <laughs>